I want to read a, um, a chorus that is in your songbook. Don't worry, I'm not going to sing it, but I am going to read it. Um, written by uh, General Albert uh, Orsborn. And it's about the, the scriptures that we're going to read. It says, In Him abiding, my all confiding to the care of love divine, His word believing, new life receiving as the branches from the vine. His glory showing, I'm daily growing while the rays of heaven shine, and I am singing for joy is springing from this happy heart of mine. Um, I, I, was, I was getting a little nervous when Keith was talking about the plants and the trees because I thought, how did he know how I was going to start this? Uh, but, you know, sometimes our, our minds do work together, and, and that could be dangerous or that could be a good thing. But that's exactly why I wanted to look at this scripture. We're in a season where we see uh, things growing. And, uh, and when we look to the scriptures, especially John 15, the illustration is really right in front of us. When you go outside, and I've already heard many of you complaining about allergies uh, and your sinuses, and that's just part of it, right? We just have to deal with it. But as things grow, we realize when we look at John 15, uh, how, how easy an illustration this was for Jesus to explain to his followers that you need to abide in me because that is the only way to produce good fruit. Now, if you go through the book of John, you find uh, seven times that Jesus uses the phrase, I am. Now, this is the last of the seven where he says, I am. I am the true vine. And so it's important to understand that, uh, now, now this was news to me, I did not realize this, but when they would go into the temple, they had Herod's temple, he built this temple. Herod was not a believer, but uh, he was a great politician, so he said, hey, I'm going to give the Jews a temple and, and they'll be on my good side. Well, here's what's interesting. The, the, uh, of course, we know that the cultivation of vineyards of fruit, of crops was important to the life and economy of Israel. It still is today. But I did not know that on the top or close to the top of Herod's temple, there was a sculpture of a golden vine that when they walked through the temple or into the entrance, there pretty much on the right hand corner, there was this grapevine. And, and of course, every Jew that saw that understood what that meant. When our Lord used this image, He was not introducing something new. Now, when we read the Scriptures, we sometimes think, oh, wow, that's a neat way of explaining that, or I would have never thought of that. And the truth is, you wouldn't because we didn't grow up as Jews in Palestine. But when Jesus would tell these I am's or a parable, they knew exactly what He meant. So when Jesus said, I am the, the, the true vine, he is saying, I, I am God. And if you need strength and if you're ever going to produce good fruit, it has to come through me. So let's look at the vine. Now, here's the thing. Jesus said, Jesus didn't just say, I am, I am a vine. He said, I am the true vine. 
Now here's what you need to catch there. There are actually three different vines that you would find in Scripture. Israel at one time was the vine. They were the past vine. In Psalms chapter 80, in Isaiah chapter 5, Ezekiel chapter 19, in Hosea chapter 10. But, and of course, God, if you would, transplanted Israel, the, the people of Israel, into Canaan and gave the nation every possible benefit. In fact, there's even a great illustration before they go into the promised land where God says, I'm going to give you vineyards you didn't plant and I'm going to give you wells you didn't dig. Isaiah 5 verse 4, What could have been done more to my vineyard, God says, that I have not done in it? If ever a nation had everything it needed to succeed, it was Israel, but yet they failed. The vine did not produce good fruit. Instead of practicing justice, it practiced oppression. Instead of producing righteousness, the nation of Israel produced unrighteousness and cries of distress from the victims. So God had to deal with the nation of Israel and prune it. And even that did not last. When God's own son came to the vineyard, they even cast him out. And of course, they killed him. So what is the vine, the present vine? The vine uh, for us today is the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, the vine includes the branches. He said he was the true vine, the original, of which all other vines are a copy. You know, as a Christian, you, you and I can't live on substitutes. We are either abiding in the true vine, which is Jesus, or it's going to be counterfeit and it's not going to last. Uh, you remember when um, Coca-Cola years ago tried to come out with new Coke? That didn't, that didn't go so well for them. And they said, you know what? We realize the best is going to be the original. Right? For us, the, the, the best is the original. The best is Christ. The only way that we can sustain ourselves spiritually is to be connected to the branch, to the vine, excuse me. The symbolism of the vine and branches is similar to that of the head and the body, right? We have a living relationship to Christ and belong to Him. So going back to the Scriptures, uh, he says in verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, so neither can you unless you abide in me. Uh, and let me say this to you also. If you're, as, as a Christian, if you're sitting there thinking, now, am I, am I producing fruit? Am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Here's the thing to remember. Um, as long as you remain in God, you're going to produce fruit. It's just a natural uh, connection to the vine. The branches are, will always produce fruit as long as it has a healthy connection to the vine. How many of you, you, you just raise your hand, how many of you ever planted a garden? Right? You know this. I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. Uh, they, they work hand in hand. It's natural. As believers, as long as we are abiding in God, fruit will come. 
Now, we're, we're looking at John 15, and you don't have to turn there, but I want to read to you from 1 John. Because, in fact, in, 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 in 1 John 2, verse 6, the epistle says this, The one who says he abides in him ought himself to walk in the same manner as he walked. How can you not? Right? That's, that's part of it. That's the natural response of remaining in Him, abiding in Him. And then in 1 John 2.28, And now, little children, abide in Him, so that when He appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from Him in shame at His coming. 1 John 3, verse 6, No one who abides in Him sins. No one who sins has seen Him or knows Him. So again, and then in Second John, uh, verse nine, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. The one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. You know, you can't help but think that John is remembering these exact words from Jesus. Now, when did Jesus say this in John chapter 15 about Jesus is the vine and his followers are the branches? This is not not long before he's crucified. This is not long before he, he ultimately leaves them, but he says, spiritually, stay connected to me and you will uh, produce good fruit. Of itself, what is a branch? A branch is weak. It's useless. It is good for either bearing fruit or just being burned. But it is not for building. The branch cannot produce its own life. You and I, it doesn't matter how many Bible studies we go to. It doesn't matter how many church services you sit in. You and I cannot produce spiritual fruit on our own. I love how one pastor said, you can know Greek and not know God. You can know Hebrew and not know Him. All of the things that we do, all of the, the Bible studies, the, 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 the Sunday schools, the, all the things that we listen to, the Christian music, that's all great and it's all helpful, but it's because we are connected to the vine. The branch must draw life from the vine. It is our communion with God, our communion with the Holy Spirit that makes it possible to bear fruit. Now, people say, well, what kind of fruit would that be? And I would suggest to you that we are discussing the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, it make, to me, it makes perfect sense. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. I probably left one of them out. But you see, many of the images of Christ and the believer given in Scripture emphasize this important concept of union or remaining or abiding or communion even. The body and its members. And Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12, right? The bride and the bridegroom in Ephesians chapter 5. The sheep and the shepherd. There's always this, you have to be connected, right? What, what do we do when we do genealogy? We call it a family tree. It's connected. And hopefully it sprouts, right? Okay, I'll leave that one alone. A member of the body cut off from the body would die. I mean... You know, we know that. 
when you go to the prune a tree or you it's it's natural our relationship to Christ the fruit being produced should be just as natural as you watch a tomato vine grow or you watch a you know pear tree grow pears or apple tree whatever you decide to grow the marriage the illustration of the marriage creates the union but it takes daily love and devotion to maintain that communion the shepherd brings the sheep into the flock but what's the sheep have to do they have to follow and jesus even said my sheep know my voice and they follow me the sooner we as believers discover that we are just branches the better we will relate to the lord because what we'll know is that without him as jesus even says without him we can do nothing without the branch being connected to the vine we are useless but the good news is as long as we continue to stay connected. Now, how do you stay connected? You read the scriptures. You pray. You, you, you come to church. You do, you do those things that grow you spiritually, right? What do you do to a plant to make it grow? You water it. You give it sunlight. I know they even say talk to it. I don't know if that works. I don't have a green thumb. If you send me flowers they will die okay don't send them to me but you and I both know it takes water what did Jesus say he said I'm I am the water of life right Jesus is is our he is the son of God who gives us his light we we know these things they all work together you and I need light to live we need water to live we must abide a, a, a plant has to abide in the branch, uh, in the vine, to survive. And it doesn't just survive, it produces fruit. So how can we tell when we are truly abiding in Christ? Is there a special feeling you get? No. But there are evidences. Uh, there are things that appear in your life, and they are clear. For one thing, when you are abiding in Christ... John 15, verse 2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it. In other words, how can you tell? You will have fruit. And the fruit, I believe, is the fruit of the Spirit. Some people say it is souls being saved. But I think the, the truth is every Christian, every Christian who remains in Christ should have the fruits of the Spirit. Now, fruit grows, and it grows slowly. So don't think that because you're a little lack today on patience, or maybe you weren't so kind, you know, <clears throat> on the way to church, that doesn't mean that you're eternally lost, okay? It just means the fruit is growing, okay? Uh, believe me, uh, you know, I'm a minister, but believe me, there's been many times that on the way to church, we, our family just sort of came to the altar, Right, Because sometimes it's rough on Sunday mornings. But there should be this, this abiding relationship which is natural to the producing of fruit. But it has to be cultivated in the Christian life. No plant will grow without sunlight, water, and good soil. No Christian will grow 
without being uh, with communing uh, without communing without other Christians, and even me as an introvert, you know, I, I can people say I can't believe you you. I tell my best friend I, I can't believe you go to the movies alone, and I'm like I love it. I don't want anybody around me, right? I, I get I, I I I get energized that way. Now, if you're an extrovert, you love being around people. Uh, and, and that's fine. Uh, but you know, there, there's, there's got to be this, this thing of, of fellowship with believers. Whether you're introvert or extrovert, we all need each other. There's got to be uh, learning the Scriptures, learning God's Word, praying. It's not automatic. Uh, it takes time. You know, farmers can teach us a lot about the Christian life because a good farmer, they have patience. They know that the minute they put the seed in the ground, they're not going to wake up in the morning and run outside and go look at this giant oak tree or this tomato vine that's five and a half feet tall. They know better. They understand it takes time. It takes uh, patience. But what they do uh, is they cultivate the ground. Our lives must be cultivated in the Christian life. Abiding in Christ means that we worship Him. It means that we, that we meditate on God's Word, that we pray, uh, that we serve one another in His name. And in doing all this, we live a joyful life. You know, that's what's so interesting is that people think, well, becoming saved and, and you know, becoming a member of God's family, he, He's just going to somehow suck all the fun out of my life. No, it's really the opposite. It's, it's actually that, our, that what we see as fun changes. What we see as, as uh, fulfilling changes because God changes our heart. And what is that? He prunes it. He even purges us. You know, that's not a word you hear much anymore. Uh, that where you, He takes away those things that are harmful. He prunes the branches. But what does that do? They produce more fruit. Note the progression here in John 15 too. From no fruit to fruit to more fruit to much fruit in John 15, 5 and 8. Many Christians pray that God will make them more fruitful, but then we, 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 you know, we gripe and moan about the pruning process. But you can't have it both ways. Spiritual maturity can be painful. The vine dresser prunes the branches in two ways. He cuts away dead wood that can breed disease, insects, and then he cuts away living tissue so that the life of the vine will not be so uh, dissipated that the quality of the crop will be in jeopardy. In fact, the vine dresser will even cut away whole bunches of grapes so that the rest of the crop will be of higher quality. God wants quantity and quality in our spiritual life. You see, the truth is, when God stops pruning, that's when we're in trouble. But many times we say, enough, God. I'm done with, with, with you know, the pruning process. But the pruning process is the most important part of the whole thing. 
The people who do it must be carefully trained or you can kill an entire tree or crop or vine or branch. In fact, uh, people who specialize in vineyards, and you may not realize this, but in North Carolina, there's a lot of vineyards. Now it's for people who drink wine, but that's, that's how you get wine, right? No surprise. But this state has really invested in a lot of vineyards. And what, what they'll say is that uh, some vineyards invest two or three years in training those that prune. So they know where to cut, how much to cut, and even at what angle to cut. You see, the greatest or the worst thing that God could ever do to you as a believer is to leave you alone. Because God loves us, He prunes us. He grows us. He encourages us to bear more fruit for His glory. And if the branches could speak, they would probably say, hey, that hurts. Don't do that again. But if, they, if we didn't prune you know, the, the branch and, and if we didn't go out and take care of the garden, things would go things would go apart. It would, ultimately, it would produce no fruit and it would die. But the more a branch is pruned correctly, it, it reproduces more and more and more fruit. Your heavenly Father today is never near, nearer to you than when He is pruning you. Now that's, that's easy to hear. That's hard to deal with when it's being done. When you're in the fire, it's rough, Right? Nobody likes that. Sometimes God cuts away at those things or He even burns those things away from us that we, that we once loved or that we once cared for or that we found our identity in. And God says, you know what? I want you to be a fruitful vine. And <coughs> excuse me, honestly, you can't as long as you're entangled in this or in, or in those people or in that situation. How does God prune us? How does the Father prune us? Well, sometimes He uses the Word. You know why some people don't read the Bible? Because the Bible reads you. But He will use, God, he will use His Word to convict and cleanse us. In fact, He even tells His disciples that basically you're already clean because the Word has washed you. And then He says to them, now, now here's how I want you to grow. By keeping your commandments. Look at verse 10, John 15, verse 10. This is what he says. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in me, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. You know what that sounds like? It sounds like Jesus is saying, the more that you abide in me, like I abide in my Father, the more you will become like my Father. That's what he's trying to tell us. The more we abide in Christ the more fruit we bear. And the more fruit we bear, the more the Father has to prune us so that that quality keeps up with the quantity. When you and I look at our, our heroes of faith, whoever they may be, to you or to me, we always see the fruit, don't we? And we say, man, you know, I love Billy Graham, right? That to me, he was, he was, like, he was like the Apostle Paul in our world. And I think, wow, you know, he was, he was closer to God than I could ever think. 
Do you know what he would have to do? you know what he did? When he would go to a city, the first thing he would do is take the television out of the room so that he would not be tempted to watch television and not focus on his message. Now, I'm going to be honest. I like TV. And I think some days I'd rather just sit and vegetate and watch TV and not do the things I know I should do. You know what that is? That's being pruned. That's discipline. See, nobody ever saw that. They just saw the crowds, you know, jumping out of their seats when Just As I Am was being played. We want the fruit, but we don't like the pruning. But you got to have the pruning before you have the fruit. We also have to remember that the branches do not eat the fruit. We're not here to, to be self-served. Okay? We are producing fruit to glorify God and also to serve others in His name. We should be the kind of people who feed others by our words and our works. Proverbs 10.21 says, The lips of the righteous feed many. Friends, this morning, our job is to just stay connected to the vine. And as long as we're connected to the vine, the fruit will come. Uh, as long as we're connected to the vine, we are useful in God's service. We don't have to be as concerned with, am I growing fast enough? And you know what? And, and I'll say this in closing. You, you know what else uh, branches don't do? They don't compare their, themselves to other branches. They don't say, well, look at that branch. He, he's, he's really strong and, and uh, producing a lot of fruit. I'm not. Maybe there's something wrong with me. No. Your fruit will come in, in God's time. Uh, you know, the, the sun shines and the moon shines, but they don't shine quite the same, do they? All in their different cycles and different times. So friends, don't, as a, as a branch, uh, or as, as, a, uh, as a branch, don't... Uh, don't compare yourself because what that does is that kills contentment. We're not here to look around and say, well, look at so-and-so and, and why can't I be that? Or why can't God, why can't you do that for me or whatever? Because you know what? God has his own ministry for you. He has certain fruit that he wants to produce in your life. And with your personality and all the traits that He has given you, you will glorify God in your way. And don't, don't get caught up in, I'm not like so-and-so yet, or don't, don't do that. A tree doesn't do that. Whatever branches grow, they grow, and it makes the whole tree stronger. This morning, I, would, I want you to know that if you're not abiding in God, then that's the issue. The issue is He wants you to produce fruit. He wants you to have life. Jesus even said, I have come that you would have life and know it to the full. Abiding in God, abiding in Christ, that's the key to real life. That's the key to real success is producing fruit in His name. We're going to sing song number 874 and as we sing it, I'd invite you to...